This is Justin Stats, Randy Johnson, Eugene Warren, coming to you from the City of Atlanta, Georgia. And Eugene, we are here with some recent uh, news. we got a crazy Jerry West story here we're going to play for the audience here at some point. We'll start here with uh, James Harden, though. Signing that contract that I think makes perfect sense, in my opinion. Uh, two year, $69 million contract. Player option for the first, for the second year, so it's pretty much a one-year contract. Um, but I like it. I like it because I think we talked about this before. It's going to have to, if you're a star, I, I feel like there are certain phases that you go through as a star. So the the first phase, like you got to get signed as a rookie, okay? You make your rookie contract, whatever that is. Right. I uh-huh. think that then I'm just telling you, I'm going to tell you how I would do things if I was in these exact same shoes. So I would take my rookie contract. I have no choice. It is whatever that number is, wherever my draft pick is or wherever I'm drafted at. Okay. Let's say you're then an all-star or let's say you're on James, uh, James Harden level MVP status. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to re-up my first contract because that first team is probably going to be able to pay me the most. So I'm a four years. Let's say at this age here now, I'm about 22. 22, 23-ish at this age because players are coming to the league 18, 19-ish these days. So let's say I've given that team four years, okay? And now I'm 22. I'm going to sign another four years here with a fifth-year option, player option. I'm going to make that up. And then when you're an all-star, you can kind of pick your pick how you want to sign. You know what I mean? So um, I'm going to have a five-year contract but the fifth year will be a player option so that takes me to about 26 i'm still with my same team though because so now i've given the team that's drafted me about seven eight years all right team that's drafted me i've given them seven eight years after that i'm going for the most money i can get um or no after that i'm going to go to a team that i can win so 27 28 i'm ring chasing from 28 on i've already had a mat i've already had my rookie contract by this point eugene and i've already had my yep. Uh, max contract by this point. Okay, so let's say that max contract was about $200 million. Let's say it is going for what it's going for now. All right, so I've had that $200 million contract. I have my rookie contract. Let's say at this point, I've made two to $300 million at this point, and I am 28-ish. All right, 27, 28. From 27, 28 until the end of my career, I am ring chasing. And when I say ring chasing, I mean I'm gonna go to, I want to go to teams that are competitors, and I'm going to take a little bit less money if that helps me get other players on the team. Because the best player of all time, Michael Jordan, according to a lot of people, and even LeBron James, you want to throw him in there, and even Kareem. You know, I love Kareem being in that conversation. You want to throw, no matter what player you throw in there, none of them have done it by themselves. And these are the best human beings that, these no. are the best players that have ever walked the earth. They've never done it by themselves. So you're going to have to have somebody else on your team. Somebody. So at that particular point, I'm probably going to take whatever money I can take to make sure that I have somebody else on my team versus taking all the money and then trying to get traded to another team. You see some players do that, right? They take all the money right. and then they ask for a trade. <laughs> yeah. So the other team has to trade all their assets just to get you and you're back in the same situation. Um, you're either yep. trying to win or you're not, Eugene. And me, you talked about this before. I think me and you were both happy about this James Harden contract because you're either trying to win or you're not. And to me, this is a trying to win contract. What's your thoughts on that? No, I mean, you nailed her on the head. Like, uh, you know, when we were breaking down our, you know, our best GM jobs, like our top five versus the bottom five. And I, we, I made a note. I'm like, look, if they sign Harden to a long-term contract, I think it puts them to the bottom. And it's, and it's again, look at Philly being smart. Um, 
I'm looking at James Harden recognizing, and look, I don't, he, like you said, he's made, he's made his money. He, you know, he has, I mean, if he's taking it a little less, I mean, to help the team, I think it's great. And then I love when a guy, you know, he's going to bet on himself, you know, and, you know, we, we've seen it. He's, he's still James Harden, but he's not, you know, he's just not the same James Harden. He's still, still being all-star. He can still be an effective player, but he's kind of edging towards maybe that bottom tier second best to third best player on his team. Right. And that's just the reality. And it's not, you know, it's not, not, not knocking the guy. He could still, he could still be James Harden, but yeah, no, I like it. It, you know, it, it lets them, you know, more flexibility on their payroll. It lets them, you know, Hey, probably in February when the trade, you know, trade deadline comes up, they can go get another piece. And then again, they're not just strapped to not make moves. Unlike, you know, when Brooklyn, when you have three, when he, James Harden was a part of that team, they had no flexibility. They had so much money no, going you're to three guys. Top heavy man, you're top heavy. You need those three yeah. to perform, and then you just got other guys you're going to put next to them or with them that you just hope perform. <laughs> right, right. So there you go. So you can, you know, because that's usually when you're, you know, have mid, excuse me, midway, you're going to see where your team is, and you're going to see what you need. You know, do you need a bench roll? Do you need a, do you need a, a shooter to come off the bench, or you need, a, you know. Something, you know, it's going to, it's going to come out on your team, you know, so excuse me, I'm burping, sorry. Um, but it's going to, at least that will give them flexibility versus, you know, look at, you know, look at that Bradley Bill contract towards the end. He, you know, he's going to be making almost $50 million. You know, it's, it's going to look like, you know, unless he can, you know, just, just be, you know, 30 points a game, that's going to look pretty rough towards the end of the contract. So no, I, I like it. I think it's, it's just, it's a smart move for Philly. I think so too. I think it's a smart move for James and it's a smart move for Philly. Uh, when when you are in these, and I get the take all the money you can mentality that some of these players have, but what you, in my opinion, you got to have two different mentalities and you're going to have to choose one definitively. You can't have them both. So the mentality is either you're going to take the money, or you're going to try to win. If people tell you they are doing both, they are trying to take all the money and they are trying to win. That is a lie. Cause this is an impossibility. You don't think that the guy that you want to get to come to the team wants to make his money too? So if you've taken all of it, then what what is there left? If you're taking 40 to 50 million dollars, okay? Do you expect somebody to come and join you and they need to take 30 or 25 or 30 for them because they're coming to join your team and you've pretty much left nothing left for them to take? You're either going to want to right. attract other players to play with you and have a fighting chance cuz even that doesn't get you across the the line. And that's why I get a lot of players. So if you're playing for a bad team and you have no way out of there and you decide to take all the money, I get it. It's a bad team. You don't trust them. You don't trust them to make the right moves with the money, even if you did leave it on the table. Or maybe if I'm a player, I have it contingent. I will take less money depending on who you get in here. Don't have me take less money and then send me bums in here or send me just role playing guys in here. And I took less money and now I'm playing, still playing with a bunch of role players. It would have to be something that is dependent on who we're going to get. And then I'll take less money. Or I'm just trying to get out of there and go to a team that's already ready to win, and we're all on the same page. We want W's, you know. So I right. can see that. Um, I can see that happening. We are going to go to to Jerry West here. I got his comments. I'm gonna play his comments here for you, Gene. So this kind of comes back. So there's been a, a back and forth, and not really a direct back and forth between things that JJ Redick has, has said, and he's not the only person to, to say this. So I'm bringing this up because this has been a direct situation with JJ Redick and Jerry West. But 
J.J. Reddick, in all fairness, isn't the first person to say stuff like this. So when you look back at the players that are playing back in the day, a lot of people want to say, oh, those were lawyers and accountants playing basketball. They had other jobs and doing other things. And I get why you might say that when you were looking at teams. Because at a certain point, there was no free agency, and that could be good or bad for a team. Because that means that if a team was like the Celtics and they had six Hall of Famers on it, and nobody can go anywhere, like you can't go anywhere, they can't really go anywhere, free agency wasn't the same as it is now, then you're stuck playing these six, seven Hall of Famers every year. So that can be that can really, really, really suck for, for the opposing teams, especially if you just happen to get drafted to a team that just doesn't have that kind of talent. Um, when you look at the right. time that Jerry West played, though, it's a little disrespectful because look, there's a lot of players that played in that era. There's a lot of players that played in that era. And, and I'm not talking about just the Kareem's, the uh, Wilts, the Bill Russells, there were a lot of uh, players, Hall of Fame players playing in that era. And like Jerry West has said, at times we had some of the best plumbers and and, and uh, lawyers out there. So um, Jerry West recently was on NBA radio, Sirius XM. And he made some comments that we're going to play here for you now. Then I'm going to have you react kind of on the back end there, Eugene. Okay. All right. Then let me see this. If we can get this here and get this going interested in your thoughts on on comments like that about your generation and the generations that that paved the way well um obviously the game is completely different the athletes are completely different and i know jj uh just a little bit he's a very smart kid and everything look tell me what his career looked like what did he do that was that determined games you average, what, you average 12 points a game in the league? Somewhere along the way, numbers count. At that point in time, the players aren't what they used to be. J.J. certainly wasn't going to guard the elite players. And so you can nitpick anyone. And I'm, I'm not, The only reason I'm talking about him is because he was not an elite player, but he was a very good player. But he had a place on the team because of his ability to shoot the ball. My era, I was an athlete way before my time. I had a huge vertical. Um, probably no one in the league was, was much faster than me. And certainly the competitive part of it, I would put my myself among any player that played the game. Today, also, winning is all that matter. That's what drove me. And I suddenly got better every year. We didn't have the facilities to get better. We had to work in the summers to support our family. AJ should be very thankful that he's made as much money as he's made. And Bob Cousy, who I played against a couple of years, not very long, um, I just think it's very disrespectful myself. All right. So what I like here is the, I like the logo for one sticking up for for yeah, himself. Yeah, but say, you know, he is the logo. Let's he not be disrespectful NBA, to how just <laughs> not. I mean, let's let's have a little respect here for the guy. Let's have a little respect because Jerry West is the truth. Like if you anybody who wants to just go look at some of Jerry West numbers or highlights or anything like that, it's a logo for a reason. The guy was not a bad player. It's an amazing player. No. Um an amazing Hall of Fame player. JJ Reddick, like he said, averaged twelve point eight points per game. And that's mm-hmm. in today's game. So uh, it's funny to, to and, and it's funny how also he brings up that, yo, you wouldn't have guarded the elite players in my day. <laughs> Such a true yeah, statement. Such a true statement. Though, 
that you would not have guarded yeah, the elite players in, right. even in my day means that how do you, how do you knock an error, an entire error? Because I think that's really what what the issue is here is that the guy knocked an entire, entire error, Eugene. And there is no um, and he would not have even been good in that era. What are your thoughts on what Jerry West had to say? Well, what did JJ say? What was the part? I guess that's the part I missed. What did JJ he say said that, that, that in Jerry West's era, and talking about Bob Cousy, and I think he was talking about more like Cousy than Jerry West. That uh, in their era, uh-huh. there wasn't enough good players, so you don't know. Like I, the, I'm going to paraphrase what JJ's saying, and also, like I said before, yeah. JJ's <laughs> not the only person to make this make this statement. A lot of people make statements like this. Um, they look at those error, that era of basketball. I don't know if it's 50s, 60s, 70s. I'm not sure. I'm probably stopping it in the 80s because that's when the Jordan era starts. And I think people kind of mm-hmm. stop it there. So let's just go 50s, 60s, 70s. Look at the era. You say, oh, well, that era wasn't that great because Jerry West played on that 72 team that won all those games, um, that won the 33 yeah. games um, in a row. So J- Jerry West is still spreading into the 70s also. Um it's kind of like dismissing the error because you didn't feel like you had the best um, players playing in the error as far as like the level of competition today is higher. But the problem is when thinking about anything in a vacuum, and you see a lot of players do this, when thinking about anything in a vacuum, Eugene, you don't think about the other stuff. Like you guys have private planes. You guys have gyms and chefs. You guys get um, you don't, you're not on the road going from road game to road game. You don't have to take a summer job like a lot of these players did. There's a lot of things in life that make these players better players. Like, let's give Jerry West, let's give Bob Cousy, some of these other players, that same thing. Let's give them private jets, a chef, millions of dollars, not right. having to go work a job facilities. in the summertime, facilities, and then to see how good they were. So I get where he's, I get what Jerry West is saying when people are just randomly dismissing their entire. 20, 30 years of basketball that's kind of dismissed there. Yeah. 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 I'm always, I always felt, I hate these conversations because it's like, it's, it's, it, it, I mean, you can't, it's like you said, you've hit a right, nailed around the head. Well, those guys just could just pull up to a gym and just shoot around the whole time. You know, that, that, have that only oh, be their only like, concern, right? Only concern. Right. I mean, how many Kobe stories have we heard where Kobe would just show up at the gym and like, one in the morning and just would shoot for hours. I mean, none of the guys back then could do that, you know, and, you know, and they didn't make the money to do it. There wasn't, the sport wasn't as popular back then. And, you know, I, yeah, yeah. And and let's know if no offense. Yeah. That's, that is so true. Like JD, again, JD wasn't, we always know he was never, JD was never going to be a defensive person. He was never was a defensive guy at Duke and he was never going to be that guy in the NBA. We always knew JJ has one skill. He's a shooter. That's it. That is, that is all he can do. You know, he's got some okay passing, but yeah, he's a, he's a spot up shooter. He can't, he can never, he never can create his own shot. I never seen him like do that. I mean, he's got it. Okay. Off the dribble, but yeah, it's like, I agree. It's like, unless you can actually go back in that era and actually, you know, you know, physically be in there and see it, these guys in from 50 to 60s, know it because they worked it and now they get to see what these you know what these kids they're you know probably what you know jerry was thinking of jd rag what they get now you know he's like look there's no way this it's a nine day conversation so yeah it's it i mean i i like jj and some of the comments where he sticks up for a lot of players but yeah this just seems 
this seems like a just not a, not a very well educated thought, you know, you know, a, a point, you know, I just. How would, and a very how common you know, one, too. A lot would. of people make these points, man. And you know what? When you look at Jerry West's stats, I think one thing people need to realize is that Jerry West averaged 27 for his career with a summer job. Yes. Think about that. Yes. The guy had a job in the summer, and he averaged 27 a game with a summer job. And, and he's a championship. <laughs> and he's an NBA champion. He has, he has I think, multiple rings, if I'm not mistaken. And he has a logo. So, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, you got to watch. One team for his entire career. 13 years for, for 13 years. Team. J.J. Reddick's had six, team and six teams in 14 years. J.J. Reddick's a spot-up shooter, but only uh, managed yeah. to hit three to f- about four of those a game because he only averaged 12.8 points a game. So, you're spot-up shooter. You're right. not hitting 15 points. You're not hitting 16, 17 points per game. Average 12.8 points per right. game on six teams. Um, and the yeah. knock on people like Bob Cousy and Jerry West is a little bit disrespectful in the sense of every, it's not taking, you, you can't just take them out in a vacuum and just drop them, drop them somewhere and say, Hey, you, how would you have done? Let's take it back. If you were averaging 13 points per game with all of that stuff that I talked about with the chartered flights, with, with the everything. chef, with the gym, how good would you have done switching? If we just switched you two guys, I think Jerry West may go for 30 a game, at least. He might go for let's add three points for for all the rest of the stuff that's popping. Jerry West may go for thirty a game in this in this day and age. Uh, you don't know that, but I think it's safer to say that Jerry West, if you were to take him in, out of that time period and put him in this time period, wouldn't just be a guy off the bench. He wouldn't be a six man. I think he'd be a pretty good player. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then you know, and then again, then he has that the steam. Those same things at his disposal. He's got the gym. He's got the, like you said, the chef, the massage, the the hyperbaric chamber. I mean, just the crazy. The science has changed. The 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 now like again, LeBron's perfect example. I think it was he, he spends like a million dollars on a um, personal trainer yes. every year, and that's to keep his body the way it is. So again, it's his. I mean, he he chooses to do that. But the team also provides uh, athletic trainers, so and they've got their own doctors on staff. You, it's 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 not even it's not even a fair comparison with the what they can do. I mean, JJ's been lucky to play that many years in the league, you know. Right. Again, it's we call it privilege at that point, he, right? Right, because he was the same player every every year. I mean, I, I know he there were some years that he averaged more than what his his lifetime average is, but I mean. But I mean, that's when he peaked, right? He probably averaged, you know, maybe maybe closer to twenty, maybe closer to fifteen, sixteen, seventeen points when he at his peak. But then, obviously, if he only had one skill, that's to shoot. What happens to shooters when they get older? They they lose a step, they lose a shot, you know. It, and sure enough, he retired when he was 30, 30, 34 years old. So there you go. So again, it's it's you, it's unless you can be like go back in that air and, and play there. I, I just, I just, I've never, I've never understood that, that argument. Yeah. Plus, and JJ's average 18 don't even points have AC. per game at 2018. And you're right. A lot of those buses didn't have AC. Uh, 2018 <laughs> points per game yeah. in 2018 is his highest. Okay. JJ Red or Jerry team. West in his last year playing in 73, he started in 60 in his last year playing. He averaged 20 points a game. 
in his last year. Yeah, see? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so J.J. Reddish still... last year, he averaged eight points a game. My, 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 oh, my bad. Right. Four points. Four points a game in his last year. Eight points in the game. Well, let's let's add the two years up because he played for the Pelicans and the, Pelicans and the Mavericks. He averaged four points for the Mavs. He averaged eight points for the Pelicans. So uh, we'll give him his average. Let's add those up and say about 12, 13 points. So right. that's pretty much what you were. And then I think like Jerry West said, because I don't think a lot of people like being brought to these conversations. They just end up in these conversations. Um, numbers should matter for something. You shouldn't just be able to say whatever you want, do whatever you want, and have nothing matter. You know what I mean? The numbers should matter for something. Right. And, you, and a lot of the guys that are most vocal right now on television aren't the Hall of Fame guys. They're just guys that played the game. And I feel like there's a voice that's deserved because you got a lot of guys that's never sniffed playing the game, but they're giving their opinion on it. I'm giving my opinion on it. You're giving your opinion on it. Everybody's giving their opinion on the game. So a person who played the game has every bit of right, if not even a little bit more right, to give their opinion and perspective on the game. But when they start disrespecting other players who played the game who are Hall of Fame players. Uh, Hall of Fame. <laughs> oh, I don't know, man. I don't know. Hall of Fame. And, and by the way, the NBA logo, JJ, that you that it was on your jersey, that was on the basketball, that was on everything that you played on or saw on your career, that was the guy you just criticized. <laughs> just want to throw it out. Right, because when you <laughs> criticize, I think the direct criticism was more so talking about Bob Cousy's time, okay? But there's some oh, overlap been- between Bob Cousy's time and Jerry West's time. You're talking about the whole era when you talk about because Jerry West started in the six in 60. So you're talking about yeah. the whole era when you talk about a person like uh, Bob Cousy, or you talk about a person like Jerry West, um, even Bob Cousy himself, who played through the '60s last year was 69. He averaged 18 points a game, so he averaged more than Red averaged for his entire career. Right? Um, yeah. So I don't know, man. Here, I don't. I just think that it's a bad argument to have. I do think that JJ has a common argument. A lot of people say this. Like they were playing with. Uh, um, accountants and lawyers back then. So it didn't really matter. You know, they got to play basketball today, go fight a case tonight or tomorrow type thing, you know? So I, I get it. I get it. I get it because that was true with some, but I have always said and thoroughly believe that any player that was hall of fame level player in their time would at least be decent in this time. Like, I don't feel like the drop off would be so much that they go from hall of fame in the sixties to role player or not even making a team now. You know what I mean? Yeah. And even the shoes are better now. I mean, look at the shoes they were. I mean, they were wearing like, like the old school Converse. Yeah. The old back school then. Chucks, I mean, this the, you don't see people playing. Old school Chucks, Chucks, I mean, <laughs> unless you want to like, you know, destroy your ankles. And yeah, I mean, I mean, it's just not even, it's like, the like, I mean, guys wear new shoes every, like every game. It's like, come on, you get a new pair of shoes every game probably. And it's like, and they were probably playing in the same shoes, like night in, night out. So yeah, it's, I mean, all those little things matter. It's like, you, you can't tell me it's like, Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you go drop in an air and play in those shoes, play in those environments. And, and I mean, those arenas were all, again, not only the buses, I mean, I'm pretty sure those old school arenas weren't even like the best, like central air back then, you know, it's probably, they were probably right. the arena alone where, where you had to do your practices at all that stuff. And it's a very, it's a very catered yeah. to situation now that it was not back then. So um, I'm not sure exactly um, how this is going to go from this point because this is just fairly new. 
Um, at the time that we record this show, there's not always new stuff that drops that we're able to kind of talk about, but this just happened very recently. So um, I'll be interested to see what the reaction is going to be here over the next week to that. Um, so we were talking about before how you felt like J.J. Reddick might be a Hall of Fame player. What, what do, you, do you really think that? I'm just thinking of the um, – just, just from the trajectory, like everyone gets in. You know how the baseball Hall of Fame – not that I think he is. I just he, – he might just get some votes because, oh, he's J.J. Reddick. I think he might get a vote or two thing. here or there. I just don't think he's yeah. any way he sniffs it because he's not I even mean, close. I, don't I think, think he, you got to at least no, average 14 points. Can, can you can we get Hall of Fame players averaging 14 points per game? If, if you're not averaging 14 I points per game, you, you need to be Ben Wallace <laughs> or you need to be Dennis Rodman. Like, if you're not averaging that, right. then I need you to be complete shutdown on the defensive end. If you're Ben Wallace, Ben Wallace is a Hall of Fame player, despite the fact he's points-wise – Ugh, yikes. If there's anybody you could take out of there, it wouldn't surprise me if Ben Wallace was taken out. If you could start taking players out of the Hall of Fame, it wouldn't surprise me if he came out, but it doesn't surprise me that he's in either. Um, and I think that if you're a player that's not at least averaging 14 points a game, and and Reddick is at thirteen at 12.8, so he's not really technically at 13. He's at 13 on yeah. the roundup. Uh, 12.8. I don't know if that's even close to get enough to get you in. I mean, I don't think he is. I'm just talking about like it just seems like every year, like wow, that guy got in. You know how you're at the, you're just doing like you're, you're doing like that head scratch and thing. Like that guy got in. Like it's like when the football hall thing comes out. Like that, really, he got in. No, I mean at least Ben Wallace. You can I can at least make the argument he he was one of the best defenders of his you know of his time. He's an NBA championship. Right. Like he has the resume. You know that thing for sure. There's a resume other than. Like you said, with JJ, he had like was it one or two years? He had like those peak years where he averaged close to twenty, but never no, the hit twenty, right? I think that's what you, we never said that he did that. 18, so and he twenty eighteen. Okay, so now okay, he sniffed it. He sniffed it right, but again, wasn't the best player on it. I mean, wasn't wasn't a primary player on the team. Probably your third or fourth best player on the team. You know, his peak year probably third. He had but a he, chance of be if JJ Reddick was your third best player. I don't think that team was ever winning a championship. I think he would need to be your well, fourth. He best was probably. Player. I'm thinking he was the third best when he was the, with the Clippers when you had um, Blake Griffin, Blake and, Griffin Chris and Chris Paul there. So, yeah, that, that's where I'm talking. Where he's probably the third best. Okay. Because even with um, when he was a Philly, when they had those good Philly years, he was probably still. I mean, they had Joel, you know, and they had um, Jimmy Butler. So maybe you're kind of then sprinkling okay. Like I'm thinking, like bottom tier third best player. Maybe he's like, yeah. But again, he's not Ben Wallace, right? That that's 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 the difference. Like you, like you're gonna always remember Ben Wallace. You know what I'm saying? You're you're gonna go, oh wow, that guy. Oh Ben Wallace, yes, awesome defender, could clog the middle. You weren't you weren't going to that middle unless you're you know unless you, know, unless you thought you could shoot over him or dunk on him. But JD, you're gonna go, oh yeah, he has some good shots. But you're you're not gonna be like, oh, you know, you're gonna go. He's a good shooter. He's a good shooter. That's uh, that's. You're not gonna remember like a moment. You're not gonna say, oh, I remember when he had he did this. Like Ben Wallace, you could just do a career highlights on his. On just he just made some people look stupid when he, when he blocked balls. Yeah, and I think that there's if you're a decent offensive player, I don't think that I think the threshold of around, um, at least can can we at least get fifteen to seventeen points out of you? I, over a consistent I'm career, with you. If, if we can get 15 to 17 points out of your over a consistent career, you can get in with that. I think Tim Hardaway just got in with that this year, so you can get in with that if you can if you can 
keep that average over an amount of years because those last years, Tim Hardaway had a, a fall off. So he still had the career average of 17, uh, 17, 7, 18 on the roundup. Um, he still had a career yeah, average of that with the fall off. Hardaway, though. You were, right, but you remember Tim Hardaway. You were like, you remember him. You remember what he played. You know, it's like, like when you saw his when you saw his son start playing, it was like, oh, I remember watching you. Then you immediately go to Tim Hardaway. For sure. You immediately go to, oh, Alan. brand, man. You know, the, the, right. You remember those Gold State teams. Like, oh, man, they were so good. And, you know, it was like you remember that. that that's a difference. Like, it, he was an impact player. An impact player. I think that's a good, good, because that's what Draymond Green is. Uh, Draymond Green does not average many points, but he is an impact player. If you, if you, sometimes you just got to see it. And if when you see how the Warriors play with no Draymond Green, you'll notice what he is. Cause then you see the difference, right? Yep. You see the difference between a guy when he's not there and when he's there, no matter what I think about Draymond Green. Um, and I don't really have the negative thoughts that a lot of people kind of go back and forth on the guy. I'm kind of like middle of the road. No matter what you think about him though, the Warriors are better with him. And they don't win those championships, in my opinion, without him. Like, and even though no. he, he's doesn't, he only has a few points here and there. They don't win it without him. He impacts winning, man, and that's something that he always says about himself. And that's something that I do believe. I believe that Draymond Green impacts winning. So I'm not sure if his numbers are ever get him into the Hall of Fame, but at the same time, uh, he's a very impactful player. So sometimes not everything shows up on the stat sheet. Even if you were that kind of player, even if I could say that about the JJ Reddicks of the world, I felt better about it. But the great Jerry West has put this into perspective. So um, we'll talk a little bit about, you know, this is the only time we've ever talked about NASCAR on this show. I don't know if we've ever discussed NASCAR on this show. And the NASCAR situation is they will be doing a downtown street racing in Chicago event. I think it's going to be beginning of July uh, 2023. Uh, Just kind of spice things up a bit. Now, I like this because I like playing racing video games. And it's so much more akin to what you're watching in these racing video games than just going around an oval track, like, over and over a hundred times or so, you know? Um, I think it'll be more, I think it'll draw in more fans. I hope they have the safety situation together, because when you're crashing on the track, you're just hitting a bunch of tires, the side of the track (laughs) and stuff, and you can still die doing that. Could you imagine, like, crashing uh, on a certain roadway, hitting a store or something like that? Like, uh, I'm interested to see how it works. I'm pretty sure they'll have some, yeah, I'm pretty sure they'll set up in some, pretty fun high would you allow fans that for that happen. man like could you even have fans could you, could you have fans on the side with stuff with that racing being so close i'm not sure how close fans could be to that yeah i mean that i think that's the whole idea what they're going to do i mean they did they did something like that when i lived in st pete where they would bring the um not nascar but the other style f1 uh, uh, uh race cars yeah you're talking about like formula the, one thank uh, you one. yeah 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 and they had like the barricades and they and they had all those things set up where but yeah, it was really, it was kind of really cool. You can just be downtown watching them just fly through, through downtown CP. So I'm pretty sure it'd be something similar. That might, I just like, yeah, I think it's just really a neat thing to do. And and that was one of the quotes that um, uh, the the grandson of the you know the founder of NASCAR was like, hey, we're gonna try different things. We got you know we got we've been we gotta get out of this box. I just I just I thought from that perspective, I thought it was pretty cool. You know, we got it instead of sitting there going on ovals. Let's try something different. And I was like, that, that's, that was pretty cool. And, and the city's all for it. And they're, they've already signed off on it. So I just think it's a, it's a pretty cool thing to do. I mean, like, how cool would that be? If you're you know, working in downtown Chicago and like, you just look down and see cars racing. Now. I, I think that's just a, be a pretty cool thing to see. I think so too. 
you and me are both on the same page and I, i'm hopefully something like that does come to atlanta i would definitely uh, check something like that out might be the first nascar event i actually watch depending on what i'm doing around that time and with the um you can see kind of what baseball was thinking the same thing when they were trying to change their all-star game up. I think these two leagues have similarities in the sense of they're stuck in certain kind of ways and they need to have, they need to change. They want to change the perception of their leagues um, mm-hmm. without making complete wholesale changes. We know baseball is just rigid, man. They, they're, they don't even like you flipping the bat. They want to throw at you the next, the next time you're up. Um, so it's kind of like, I get it, but you don't, do you really want to just stay the same? You know, if you're baseball, you drop two or three spots from where you used to be um, as far as popularity in the country. Um, I don't know if it's worth going out to. It's like pitchers. Then the pitchers are great. I, I watched part of the All-Star game. Um, and it, all, it ended like 3-2 or something like that. It was low scoring. Um, that's because the pitchers were great. And I don't know if that lends to right. butts in the seats. Who wants to go sit out in this July weather, right? Especially down here in the A. You're going to have to go sit in. 90 degree weather to watch a one nothing. Uh, oh, let's go. Let's just be very liberal. Let's go. Same thing as the All-Star game. Three, two. Let's say the game ends three, two. You want to, you want to sit there for that hours for that out in that 90 degree weather for that three, two game. You got to really You're love right. the sport. And, you and yeah. And be at there for three hours and versus where you can go to Atlanta, Atlanta United game and it's constantly moving. You're constantly, in, right. You're done two hours. You get, you know, and just like, that's the thing. The, the, the problem with both the sports and at least NASCAR is recognizing it is they just, they're, they're, they don't, they tradition. They think that they can hang on this tradition and people are always going to come back around to it. And that's the thing. People aren't. And, and that's the thing baseball should have realized when, you know, Hey, when you come off of, you're coming off a pandemic and people still didn't come want to come watch you and you still have low attendance, you still have low ratings. Like, People wanted to get out and do things after the pandemic ended. Like we're, people were were searching for things to do. People were doing things that they hadn't done for forever. And it's like baseball wasn't wasn't one of those things. And that's like they realized that like you just gotta just get out of their own way sometimes. And I mean, we finally got rid of the you know the you know pitchers hitting this this past year. But I mean, it's 2022 and that finally happened. Why did it happen ten years ago? Why did yes, it happen fifteen man, years ago? Please. You know, it's, you should have had you know? a, a same rule for both leagues. You can't have one rule, rule for American League, one rule for National League. That's that was dumb. And yeah. and I think when you look back on that, people are going to think that that's one of the things that people look back and say, "What the hell was that?" Now, the whole time, like the non shot clock error, people might look back there and say, "What? Well, why would you never have had it? Shot clock should have been came with the sport type thing." Um, I, I this is one the designated hitter is going to be one of those close. where I feel the exact same way about that rule. Yeah. Yeah, and look at basketball now. So remember, remember when they so got an offensive rebound back? You know, I can't remember when they changed it. But remember, you got an offensive rebound, the clock would reset back to four to twenty four. Now it doesn't do that anymore. Like they they've cut that in half. They want that ball. Like they want constant movement, man. Constant movement to get a, you know get to play you know get you know cut it down and get get it, get it going again. And and I know it's like baseball. They're finally and and I and I and I'm not harping on umpires. Because the way the guys throw now is completely different than ten years ago. Exactly. I mean, the movement they're throwing with, and that thing's I mean, going hundred miles the, an hour, man. You gotta try to figure it out in a split and not second. Straight anymore. In a split second. Right. I don't. I don't like, envy that job. <laughs> so, 
and it's nothing like as and it's and everyone's looking at these these robot umpires as a bad thing. Well, we've had it for years. We've we've had the box when we watched baseball for years. Why why was this like we know what the strike zone is. We could see it when we're watching any broadcast now. Right. Like we see where it's going. We see it's a strike. Why is that why is that it's like there's the technology is right in front of us. Why are we fighting? You know, <laughs> I think there are a couple of egregious calls away from that. Something being changed. You know, remember what happened with the replacement refs? There, there was a Green Bay. I want to say it was Green Bay game. I'm not sure if they were playing Chicago or something like that, but it was Green Bay game. And, and they had made a horrible call. Um, and then the real refs were back like the next week, I want to say. Um, they, yes. they took care of that yes, immediately. Um, yeah, these umpires may be facing the same situation. If you get to a situation where they are missing a cause egregiously, then maybe you make a change there. Um, it's going to be crazy to watch a baseball game and not have that umpire, that ump standing back there. It's going to be kind of weird. Well, I think there'll still be somebody back there. It'll be like, they'll just, they'll probably have like in their ear, like strike ball, strike ball. That's probably making the calls. I I don't want robot voices making. I don't want like an Alexa type voice making the calls. No, no. I think what, like I said, they like the the technology is there. Like we see the strike. I just think it's going to be, they're testing it right now. I think, and I I think I saw somewhere it's either like low a or like a international ball. They're, they're testing it out now. So, and I, I haven't dug into it, but I I believe that's, they're still going to have it because you still have to have an umpire at behind home plate because someone's got to be able to call uh, safer, safe at home or out of home. So I, I, but I think it is obviously, it'll just be, like I said, in their ear. And, you know, and yeah, again, it's, it's nothing against like tennis has been doing this for years. Like the balls have been going so much quicker the way the serves, the way they, the, they you know, where they, they hit, you hit the returns that they hit serves on or just a simple volleys when they're hitting, they can, Challenge a challenge a play, not and it's nothing against an umpire, but the ball. It's like it's sometimes you. Uh, I'm watching, going, oh, that's out, and they'll play the replay and go, oh, that was way in, or something, or vice versa. So right. it's it's not it's not against we're not against humans doing it, but it's like it's not bad to have technology to back them up, help them out. Agreed, and we'll see where that goes. I'm, I'm only going to give this a minute because I want to talk a little bit deeper about some of these contracts that are stretching out. 10 to 20 years. Uh, Soto turning down that 15 year 440. Uh, that would have been a, a 29 million per annual. Um, I see why he turned that down. Some people are like, why wouldn't you take that? That's you know, 440 million bucks. I get it. But if you're 22, 23, where he's at now, I think he's like 23, actually turned 24 this year. Um, 15 years. I mean, it, it, there's nothing wrong with 10 years, 350. In my opinion, you're still rich. And you got five less years. Like, yeah. There's nothing wrong. Even, you know, I'm against decade contracts. I think they're stupid. You don't know. Nobody knows where the country's going to be. Who could have saw um, COVID coming in 2020? You don't know where things are going to be a decade out. So when these contracts stretch out that far, it's very strange to me. Um, but here we are. And Soto did turn that down. Uh, quick thoughts on that. No, it's like I think you. I think you nailed it. I think he he either thinks he can get more for the same amount of years, or he wants less. You know, or do like you know, like you said, do a three thirty at ten, and then you hey, then you're, you know you're making. Yeah, yeah, and if I and if I'm a, if I'm a franchise, I, I don't want a guy past thirty four, thirty five years old. I, I think this that's contract right, would take him perfect. to almost like, forty. <laughs> He'd be like thirty eight. Yeah, thirty eight, thirty nine. We've, 38, 39 we've already seen. 
We've seen those contracts. What happens to over them? And over still making, and over again. Right? Over never ends up well. Aaron Pujols, he's probably going to be, they're going to, you know, uh, they're going to still paying him until he's like, because what they'll do is they'll prorate it for so many years. That way it's not, you know, hurting their books. I, I looked at something uh, on uh, Ken Griffey Jr. still getting paid by the Reds. He's the ninth highest paid player right now. He's going to be playing on the Ken team. Ken Griffey Jr. is the ninth highest player right now. On wow. the Cincinnati Reds. Wow. Yes. I just saw that the other day. A stat like that. Wow. He's so got gray hair taking photos at like the All-Star game and getting paid yeah. out here. Getting paid. He, shout yeah. out to Ken Griffey and shout out to Bobby yeah. Bonilla, man. Shout out to all these players who are still but getting Bobby right. That's every, every year. Getting how many times we do the post? Happy Bobby Bonilla about teams, man. Yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Well, this is just the stats. Check us out. Eugene Morton. Uh, Apple Podcast, Spotify. I'm missing one in there. I think I'm going to say Google Podcast. I'm not sure. I think I'm missing one in my in my exit there, Eugene. But we're on all the stream platforms wherever you find your favorite podcast. Check us out. See you next time.